You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. There are days where I wish I could just crawl back into my parents' house and make them make all the decisions and not have to do anything at all around adulting. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking how to win at adulting with Erica Pierce, who is the author of The Millennial's Playbook to Adulting, and Ask Shauna Question. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. So happy almost 4th of July. Hopefully you have some great plans. I don't know if it is scorching hot wherever you're at, but um, it's starting to get 
quite warm here in LA. I think it's supposed to be in the hundreds uh, around 4th of July. So that is definitely hot for us. And if it's hot near you, just grab a popsicle, get by a pool and do some relaxing because I think this is really the time of the year to do that, right? We all deserve a little bit of a summer break. Actually, uh, Friday, July 6th is my birthday. And so it's really cool that my birthday is always around the 4th of July because it gives us an excuse to go somewhere, to travel, to at least make a long weekend out of it. So we're going to be doing that. And on Friday, we're going to have kind of a fun summer podcast episode and a lot of questions that I'm going to be answering about me, kind of a birthday celebration for me. So hopefully you join us back on the Friday episode. But today we've got a great episode for you. And to start it off, we've got another Ask Shauna question. And this one comes from Dylan. And Dylan says, Hi, Shauna. I've been listening to the podcast for a while, and I finally worked up enough guts to write in a question to have you answer. I have the option at work to get a life insurance policy. I'm new to life insurance, but not sure what the advantages are to get one at work or through an online company like Haven Life that I've been researching a lot about. Can you give me a little guidance or some things to think about? That would really help me. Thanks so much. Dylan, that's a great question, and um, I'm glad that you worked up enough guts. See, that wasn't so hard, right? Uh, And I think I hear this question a lot because... Life insurance is honestly something we don't really want to think about, right? It's not a topic that we like to think about, that we like to even talk about, but it's it's a, an important topic. You know, I talk about a lot on this podcast how it's not just about growing your money. It's not just about, you know, gaining wealth and buying houses or, you know, whatever your financial goals are. It's also about protecting risks. And there are exposures to risks that you have and kind of the more assets you have, the more your career goes, grows, the more your family grows, all those sorts of things that, that just sort of naturally happen, the more risks you're going to be exposed to. And I find that it's really easy, especially in your 20s, early mid 30s, to just look at the growth side of things. You know, what is happening in my 401k? What's happening in my IRA? What's happening in my bank account? You know, are we saving enough to buy a house or whatever that is for you? But a lot of people just don't look at the risks and life insurance is one of those risks. And I've been um, dealing with life insurance for well over 13 years now. When I first started in the financial field, that was uh, primarily what I did with my father who owned a financial firm. And, you know, we did a lot of work with really, really wealthy people. And I always thought, well, why would really, really wealthy people need life insurance because they have so much money? And then I realized like, oh, Well, they'd rather leverage the insurance company's money if something were to happen to them than use their own money. Like, okay, that makes sense. And so I started to really think about life insurance and young people and why this might make sense. Now, life insurance isn't for everyone. It, you know, there are certain people where it might just not make sense, but for a lot of people, it does make sense. So I started to do a lot of uh, working with couples, especially young couples with life insurance, like kind of explaining it this way. So let's say you and your partner, you you each, you know, make a certain amount of money, right? And you've sort of built your lifestyle around that certain amount of money. So if something were unfortunate to happen to one or the other of you, and let's say you took away that income, the other person might be you know, like a really sticky situation because they've got all the expenses for when there were two of you, but now there's one of you. And so that leaves a lot of not great choices. It's either you have to completely downsize your life or that other person has to somehow make more money. And when you're dealing with a tragedy or a loss, certainly something that's unexpected, the last thing you're going to want to do is go out and try and make more money. If anything, you're going to want to friggin' break. You're going to want some time to recover, to get your head around what happened. And so I tend to think about life insurance, particularly when you're young, kind of that way. It's almost like an income replacement, particularly if you're married or if you're in a partnership and you're relying on both people's income. Now, Dylan, I don't know your situation. I don't know enough information about you, but I just kind of want to throw that out there to think about it that way. So if life insurance was there, it provides a tax-free death benefit to 
basically pick up the pieces where that other income was lost. You know, you can invest those life insurance proceeds, live off the interest of them, and that can essentially replace that other people, that other person's, sorry, income. So you're not, um, you're not having to make tough choices. And I think that's a message that isn't talked about enough. We just tend to talk about life insurance like, oh, well, it's going to provide college education for our young child, or oh, it's going to pay off the mortgage or whatever it may be. And those things are great. And those might be options that are right for you, that you choose. You know, that's not for me to choose for you. So those might be the the best options for you. But I just want you to wrap your head around like different ways of thinking about life insurance because I think it helps make it a little bit more palatable, a topic that maybe we can talk about a little bit more and um, you know, maybe open your eyes just just a little bit to risk and covering some of those risks. So going back to your question, Dylan, uh, there are a couple of pros and cons with getting life insurance through your company versus outside of your company. So with your company, normally it's either going to be free or it's going to be cheap. If it's free, it's absolutely a no-brainer, right? You you take whatever you're going to get through the company. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? That's free. If it's going to cost you money, um, you need to compare what the benefit, what the death benefit is, how much you're paying for the death benefit, through the company versus if you were to go to Haven Life or one of the online companies or, you know, through an insurance broker, whatever fits for you, compare those two things. What is the amount of death benefit you can get for the price that you're paying? So you're comparing apples to apples. From there, a couple of things to think about. Uh, If you pay through life insurance through your company, it's not portable, meaning that If you were to leave the company, you also leave the life insurance, so it doesn't come with you. So just kind of food for thought there. Versus if you get your own individual life insurance policy through Haven Life or some other insurance broker, that policy stays with you. So it doesn't matter what job you get or don't get, as long as you pay the premium, you have that life insurance. Now, why would you even think about this when you're young? Well, When you're young, typically you're more healthy. And so when you put those two things together, young and healthy, term life insurance is really cheap. It's uh, completely affordable. It may even cost you just a couple bucks a month to pay for coverage that you need. And it's kind of a no-brainer. It's just something to get in place to cover any risk exposure you might have. The younger you get it, the healthier you are, the lower the price is going to be. So those are just a couple of things to think about. Again, there's no exactly right or wrong choice. You just need to compare the different options. What is the death benefit I'm getting for the price I'm getting through work? What's the death benefit and the price I would pay outside of work? Do I care if it comes with me? Yes or no, answer those questions, and then you'll have a pretty good idea of which decision makes the most sense to you. Um, So just a couple of things to think about if you've got more life insurance questions. Uh, I love to talk about life insurance. I think that it's a subject that we need to talk about more so that people kind of break the taboos around life insurance and that you understand why or how it might work in your financial plan. So if you're listening, you've got more questions, please feel free to write in. I don't want to bore you with a whole entire episode about life insurance. You might go to sleep behind the wheel or just something really terrible. So I do my best to make this subject interesting and dare I say maybe a little bit interesting and exciting, fun. I don't know. Um, So today we've got a great episode. Um, Erica Pierce is our guest and she's a generational strategist. She's a zennial like me straddling the Gen X and millennial kind of line there. And she's also an attorney and author. She wrote uh, this book called Millennials Playbook to Adulting that we're going to talk about. And she likes you to think of her like me, like your big sister, somebody sharing lessons that she's learned along the way. And on the podcast, we're talking about some of her favorite playbook advice from the book for not only your wallet, but also your career. And one of my favorite things that she talked about in this episode is her advice in your career, which I just think is so great, which is to always be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And 
I know that doesn't feel good. Like that feels really like, oh, I don't want to be uncomfortable. But I have found the biggest career advantages that have happened in my career have come from these places of being completely uncomfortable and trying things and risking things and thinking about things differently. So Erica's bringing all of her advice from the Millennials Playbook to adulting to this podcast episode. So before we go into the interview, a quick word from our episode sponsor. Big thanks to our podcast episode sponsor, ZipRecruiter. You know, hiring is challenging. Every time we've tried to hire for millennial money, it has taken so much time, so much energy, and it's been really hard to find a good candidate. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses like mine, like yours, can connect to these qualified candidates. And that place is ZipRecruiter.com slash MyMoney. So... ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't just stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans the thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience, and then they actually invite them to apply for your job. It is such a lifesaver. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and they spotlight the top candidates, so you're never going to miss a great match. But with results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is literally the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash MyMoney. That's ZipRecruiter.com, Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R.com slash MyMoney. ZipRecruiter is honestly the smartest way to hire. Okay, friend, I want to know. What are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. 
Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into The Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in The Daily Book Club. I want to give a big thanks to Kara for sponsoring this podcast episode. Did you know that 90% of people fall short of the FDA-recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient? That's scary. Well, Care-of has created a great solution. Care-of is a monthly subscription vitamin service made from effective quality ingredients personally tailored to your exact needs. And I have never had so much fun taking vitamins before. I really, I feel like a kid again. So I took Care-of's fun online quiz they make, and it's really easy to figure out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. The short quiz asks you about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices, and then it uses these answers to create personalized vitamin packs just for you. It's simple and takes only a few minutes to get your personalized supplement recommendations. And the cool thing is you get sent packets of vitamins to meet your needs and they've got your name on the outside of it, which is such a fun touch. I just love opening my vitamin packet every morning and it says, hi, Shauna. It just makes me feel excited. So your subscription box includes individually wrapped packets with your specific vitamins and supplements for easy grab and go. This was perfect for us who travel a lot, or it's really easy for me to take to the office in the morning, and you receive a 30-day supply shipped right to your front door. Are you ready for this, though? Care-of costs about 20% less when compared to similar brands at local drug and health food stores, and they have vegan and vegetarian supplement options to match your dietary needs. For 25% off your first month of personalized Care-of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter code MYMONEY. That's TakeCareOf.com, code MYMONEY. All right, so Erica, I am so excited to have you as a guest on the podcast. I was uh, so delighted when you when you reached out to me about being a guest, and I think what you're going to share with the listeners is going to really resonate. Yes, no, thank you so much. I'm a huge fan of your podcast, and so it's it's, a, it's actually really exciting just to be on it. So very excited for our conversation today. I love it. So I have to start out with, you know, in the intro to your book, The Millennials Playbook to Adulting, I love this. You wrote you wrote this in the intro that adulting is such a blast said no one ever, which is such a great <laughs> saying. Why do you think this adulting thing is so tricky? Well, I think because number one, um, you know, we are taught a lot of things 
sort of growing up, especially through school, but we are not taught some of the basics of adulting. And so I think, you know, a lot of it, you have to figure it out on your own and it's really trial by error. And I think sometimes we learn that, you know, we were so fast to grow up and to be independent and to be on our own, but it's not always all that it's cracked out to be. So, I mean, there are certainly days where I really wish I could, you know, crawl back into my parents' house and have them take care of everything and make all my decisions. But unfortunately, that's not a place that I am in um, in, anymore. So, you know, I I just think it's kind of a joke that, you know, you think you want it to adult, but then you you start doing it and you're like, okay, this is definitely overrated in some ways. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because we have a a friend who's, who's younger than we are um, in his twenties and he always, um, writes me emails about, you know, should I do this with my money or that with my money? And, you know, at the end is always just, why did nobody teach me about this adulting thing? (laughs) Or why is this so hard? And I think it's, you know, it's, um, it's so interesting, even that this is a word, you know, I say that word to my parents, they're they're like adulting. What does that mean? (laughs) You know, um, it's just so interesting to me kind of how, you know, the different generations have picked up on this word, and particularly, you know, millennials, I think, for whatever reason, I'm curious what you think, but for whatever reason, sort of feel like maybe they even got the short end of the stick and they're trying to figure out a lot of things with massive debt, student loan debt, and, you know, kind of a crazy world. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think um, especially for millennials and, you know, millennials really came up with the term adulting and we see a lot in in social media said in a funny way, like paying bills, hashtag adulting. But, you know, (laughs) I I do think that, you know, there's just so many differences um, with the millennial generation in terms of how, um, you know, they, they, they think the technology, um, just, you know, some of all of the financial challenges, there's just so many differences. And I think in some ways I can see how, you know, one could feel like millennials did get the shorter than the stick. I mean, um, when I think about, you know, all of the articles you see right now saying millennials, um, you know, can't save the way other generations have, uh, millennials are spending much more on education and millennials will never be able to buy, you know, a home and things like that. It can sound very sort of, you know, down and dire, um, you know, in, in so many ways. But, you know, I think a lot of that is driven um, in so many ways, just in the changing of the times and just, um, um, you know, technology also drives that. I mean, I think when it comes to spending, um, you know, technology drives a lot of your spending. You can order everything from Amazon, in, you, know, you know, five minutes in a different way than you would have, you know, 10 years ago. And so, and that increases your, your spending and things like that. So there are many things that have just changed, I would say, in our, um, you know, in our society that have driven some of these challenges that millennials now have to to face and overcome, but they are overcomable. I think that is the whole thing that we should continue to, to think about, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, it's it's all evolution, right? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're, a, you're a zennial, just like myself, um, sort of on that mm-hmm. cusp between millennial and Gen X, we're kind of like in an identity crisis. Um, right, and, exactly. and, and to me, that makes us almost like big sisters, especially to the younger millennials of, okay, well, we've been through some things. And, you know, while mm-hmm. we obviously don't have it all figured out, you know, let us maybe help you or expose some ideas that, you know, we would have wanted to know, particularly in, you know, our early 20s. But what are some of the, you know, kind of key or important lessons that you've learned about money in your career that really inspired you to write this book? Sure. So I would say, um, you know, especially when it comes to, um, you know, finances, just number one, be- become financially literate. Um, you know, I, I think it's easy to say, yeah, you should save money and do all of those types of things. But, you know, I, I think in order to really, um, you know, move the, the, the ball in terms of becoming um, financially savvy, you really have to educate yourself, understand your fina- your own personal finances, but also understand the, the bigger picture as well. And so for me, um, to be honest, you know, in my 20s, I really struggled in the financial department. I mean, I used to make this joke that um, that I recently saw online, too, that 
that, you know, my debit card was kind of like a gift card, you know, just swipe it and let me know, <laughs> you know how much is left on it. And, and that's because I, I really didn't want to, you know, be aware of my own personal finances. Um, I, I, I just wanted to avoid them. So I think first, it's important to know what's coming in and what's coming out for yourself um, financially and really understand, you know, those data points. And the good news is there's so many apps and things out there that you can attach um, and link to your, you know, your, your checking accounts that will do all of that for you. And then once you understand that, I think it's, again, important to just be smart about the bigger picture, you know, understand you know, why um, there are certain types of savings accounts and other types of investment accounts. Understand the stock market. I mean, I didn't come from a family um, that invested in the stock market. My, my family was very old school, just put some money away every single, you know, week, month, and <laughs> that will, you know, carry you on. And that's obviously not really truly the case for most people. And so it's just, it's just better to, you know, know all of these different types of money and financial um, opportunities, um, as, as well as just, you know, just what's happening in the financial world in, in general. And I believe when you sort of merge those together, that will start to get you to a place where you're much more savvier um, and much more comfortable um, financially as, as, as well. And I don't mean comfortable just in the financial sense, but really in the mental sense. Yeah, those are, those are awesome tips. I mean, I think that sometimes when it comes to personal finance in particular, uh, we tend to overlook a lot of the foundational elements, which are really key. And I try to expose mm -hmm. to people that, you know, I, I've seen people who've made mega million dollars and they still haven't grasped or they've forgotten about the, the basics and uh, those foundational elements and they're living paycheck to paycheck. And yet you and I would probably trade their mm -hmm. paycheck yeah. in a heartbeat, you know? And I just, right. <laughs> I think it's important because we don't, we don't talk about that a lot. Like we think that we get this magic number in our salary and suddenly every worry about mm -hmm. finance evaporates. And that's usually the opposite of what actually ends up happening. Well, and that's so true. And you know, what's interesting, um, especially for millennials is that they, um, we have millennials are very much um, entrepreneurs. And so, um, you know, that really puts a whole nother spin on your finances. You know, I've been, um, I've had my own business for the past three years and I've had to really transform my finances um, <laughs> as, as an entrepreneur, everything from learning about, you know, the breakdown of quarterly taxes and whether or not I need to have disability insurance and how I can still um, make sure I have a 401k like, even though I'm not working for a private corporation anymore. I mean, those have all been things that I've had to, to face um, that I did not have to face, you know, Five, even five, 10 years ago. And so I, I just think it's, the process never stops and you have to continuously, you know, keep learning. So did the, uh, the venture of kind of becoming your own entrepreneur and going through some of these things, was, was that the, uh, the point where you're like, you know, I really need to write this book because I need to infuse, you know, what I've learned or these lessons maybe back on younger millennials? Yes. I mean, yes, yes and no. Um, I will say that first, I've always done a lot of informal coaching. Um, you know, I worked in corporate America for 10 years. And um, as you said, you know, being in this exennial generation, I had some, a lot of people who um, worked um, with me or, or for me who were not that far off in age, but, um, you know, you, I could still kind of be that big sister, that mentor to, to them. And so I did a lot of coaching, um, both professionally and personally, you know, to some of those, those folks. So it, that's been something I've always just um, it's always just kind of come natural to me. And so I will say over the past few years, though, um, in having my own company, I've had some um, people who have interned and worked for me that uh, that were millennials. And I started to see that there were just some basic things that they were um, they were missing. And sometimes it could be um, something as small as sending me a bunch of emails that had no subject lines. And I was like, where are the subjects? And so they, they <laughs> said to me, well, I've never really had to send professional emails. I only send DMs or, you know, text messages. And so now that I know, I will add subjects. And so from there, I started doing a, a few articles just that were um, that were really focused on just, you know, 
just giving some skills, giving some, you know, lessons learned, tips, um, sometimes just funny stories. And the article sort of evolved then into the book um, because I, it just sort of made sense to, you know, to really put everything um, that I was, you know, thinking and, and wanting to share in one place. And so, um, you know, that's what that's kind of how the Millennials Playbook to Adulting was, was born. And I, I really wanted to cover a, a variety of topics, um, some that were professionally focused, but also some of the other topics that were personal, like finances, um, you know, health and wellness, all of those types of things. So I, I just wanted to have a good mix of, um, of, of information that millennials could digest very easily and, um, and also make it fun and, and you know, so share some of the, my crazy stories as well. <laughs> Yeah. And one of the uh, topics that I love a lot is the idea of, you know, thinking of yourself kind of as your own brand, being the CEO mm -hmm. of you. You know, I always talk about being the CEO of your finances, the, the good and the bad, but taking ownership. I think there's a real powerful shift that happens. Why do you think it's so important, you know, that we, we think of ourselves kind of as our own brands? Well, you know, I, I think much like, um, you know, companies and corporations spend time thinking about what they want to be known for and, you know, what they want people to, you know, think and feel about their brand, it's, an, it's, it's really critical, actually, to, uh, to think about yourself in that same way. And oftentimes, especially when I'm coaching millennials, you know, I tell them uh, most of the decisions about your career will be made when you're not in the room. And so that's why it's important for you to think about the qualities that you want to be known for. And so that way, when people are sitting around, you know, those boardrooms or things like that, um, and your name comes up, they can, will all express the same specific qualities that you have worked to, um, to be known for. And so, you know, there, there's, a, there's a quote that um, I, I love by Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, that says, you know, your, your, um, your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And I, I think that that's so true. And so that's why, um, you know, personal branding, professional branding, it's just as important as the branding that we see companies like Apple, you know, do. And, and you want that same sort of word association. When you think Apple, you think innovation. I always tell people when, um, when you hear my name, when you hear Erica Pierce, I want you to think, you know, uh, hard worker that um, I am energetic and that I'm authentic, those types of things, because that's important for the type of, you know, work and profession that I'm, I'm doing. And I think it's important to even maybe even ask some people about that. I know I did this exercise with oh, yeah. a business mentor of mine where she had me ask uh, some of my, you know, business colleagues and some of my friends, you know, like, what are the seven truths about Shauna? Like, what would you say about mm -hmm. Shauna if she wasn't in the room? And um, that was kind of a scary exercise because, you know, um, <laughs> they're going to be honest, of course. But some of the things that they said, I was like, wow, I... I you know, they were good, of course. I just never imagined like, oh, somebody actually thinks of me that way. And I think maybe it's important sometimes to find out what those things are, just, you know, good or not so good. So you you really have a clear picture because it's really hard for you to figure out, I think, who you are uh, and who you're representing, you know, out in the workplace, just yourself, you know. Um, but that was such a powerful exercise yeah. for me. Absolutely. I, I always tell people when you are um, going through the steps of defining your personal professional brand, um, step one is to do a audit of your current state of affairs. And a part of that is going online and looking at sort of your digital footprint, what comes up when you Google your name, things like that. But the other part of that is auditing the people that are around you and asking them, saying, you know, will you be really honest and tell me, you know, what you think of me, um, what you, you know, what qualities come to mind. Um, also, you know, I, I think especially when you're early in your profession, it's good for you to know what people who you, the people you work with, what they think you're interested in, where they think you want to go with your career. Um, I, I had someone recently who I was working with who was passed up for a, um, a, a project that, that she wanted to work on. And when she um, went to her boss to inquire about why she was passed up, the, her boss said, oh, I had no idea this was even an area that you were interested in working on. And so that, so that, those are the types of things that you want to make sure you know, you're expressing. And sometimes the first step is to first ask the people that you're around. It could be your family and friends, your colleagues. 
um, you know, uh, any of those types of people, you know, tell me about me. And so that's an important part of the self self assessment process. Yeah, that's, uh, that's just such important everything that you just said. Um, so a little shift, you know, kind of going back in your own life and your own childhood, you know, what were some of your first memories around money? How did those how did those shape you going forward? Well, my first one of my first memories um, was turning 18 um, and being able to get my first credit card. Um, and uh, I remember <laughs> it distinctly. It was a Discover card and I, I got it. And I truly in my mind thought it was just free money that you could just spend, 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 um, pay the you know minimum amount. I had no idea what an APR was. And so the whole notion of, um, you know, still paying on something I bought, <laughs> you know, in, in 2000, um, gosh, that would have been 2000. Oh, can't do the math on what age I was when I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, paying on like something for 10 years that I had bought, like that notion just didn't resonate with me. And, um, and, and that continued, honestly, throughout college where, I, I, I was one of those people who, you know, the credit card industry loved because I would, you know, I would get these credit cards and I would spend, 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 and I would pay the minimum amount and not fully understand why my balances were not going down. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of got myself, I would say, in a little bit of trouble. Not, I, I've heard stories much worse than mine, but it, it definitely it was a, an awakening moment for me to say, okay, I, I need help. I need to better understand um, why I am, you know, having this behavior of spending and, and not, you know, really understanding and not wanting to pay these credit cards off. Um, but also just understanding how it all works. You know, why is the APR going up? Why is it um, that just because I was only two days late, um, you know, now I also owe an additional $45 on, on my bill. Uh, again, a lot of it was just, you know, ignorance and ignorance is, also, is oftentimes bliss. Um, and so until I was really faced with all of that, um, I, I didn't fully appreciate, again, how important it was to really understand what was coming in and what was going out. And that does include, you know, your, your credit and any credit cards or, or any loans and things like that. And I also didn't fully appreciate at that time the long-term impact it would have on things such as my credit score and how that would impact other decisions, um, you know, that I wanted to make, such as buying a car or um, even, you know, when I applied to go to uh, graduate school and I needed loans for that, you know, in terms of what sort of rates I, I received. So, I, I didn't connect all those dots in my early 20s, um, and I definitely, um, I didn't hit, I would say, rock bottom, but <laughs> I, I was able to catch myself or at least, um, you know, had a, a bit of a safety net where I could, you know, start to work my way through it. Yeah. And what, what would you say to someone, you know, who might be you five years ago or 10 years ago? Um, you know, that that's in a situation like that and kind of staring down that barrel of what feels like a lot of credit card debt and, you know, is just not sure how to how to get out of the situation. Well, I would say first, again, it's just so important to have the data points um, of what you, you know, of what's coming in and what's going out. And so especially when it comes to credit card, um, I know I'm, I'm a very much a paper and pen person. I guess that's the exennial in me as opposed to the millennial. Um, but I, I think you have to really sit down and say, okay, who do I owe and how much do I owe? How much are the APRs every month? Um, and are you know and, and what are the monthly fees? What accounts should I you know keep open? Um, or what account should I pay off first? All of those types of things. But you can't make those types of decisions until you really have all of that information in one place. So I I keep a spreadsheet um, of of what I owe. Thankfully, it's it's, it's gotten much shorter. <laughs> but you know, and it but it does, and especially right now. I mean, the credit card companies are now legally required to. Um, do a much better job of telling you, uh, you know, your your APRs and um, your monthly fees and your penalties and things like that than they did when I was growing up. All that info was really hidden. Um, but you want to have all of that info um, right there at, at the ready and to make sure that you, you can then make some decisions on how to pay off 
um, and how to get that debt down um, based upon, you know, again, the um, the info that's tied to those credit card debts or, or, or other type of loans. For sure, for sure. Uh, and then I also read something that uh, I love, that uh, you're on this, um, this quest to visit 40 countries by the time you're 40, uh, which I kind of love. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm even more so as I get older and older, more of like sort of an adventure no- nomad, you know, um, I need less and less stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to just see more and more things. Uh, so wh- what has been your do you have a favorite place you've gone thus far? Oh, wow. Um, I have, um, I would say a a few favorite places. Um, Argentina, um, I went to Buenos Aires um, right after Christmas one year, which was nice because it was about 40 degrees or maybe lower than that here in Washington, D.C., and and Argentina was having a heat wave. (laughs) And so um, (laughs) there was a a nice change of of temperature, but also the culture, the food. Um, I went to a polo farm and actually um, did a polo lesson and um, had lots of really good Malbec wine. And and so it was was really a great, I would say, cultural um, immersion experience. Um, but I would also add, I've also been um, doing, I've been doing a bit of uh, mission work as well. And so I've gone to uh, Haiti twice. And so that Ooh. has been, I would say, very um, just enriching, enriching, sorry, <laughs> in terms of, um, of travel. So it's a little bit different than my normal, you know, touristy travel, um, because, you know, I'm, I'm there to, to do work and to help folks. But uh, it's also been, uh, it's also allowed me to see a part of the country um, that many don't usually venture to, especially for, you know, tourism or vacation. Um, that's really quite beautiful. And what I've tried to do afterwards is bring attention to why, you know, we should go and, and travel to places like that and bring money to their, um, at least to their local economy. Um, so I, I would say those are probably been my, my two um, very different experiences, but have been both um, just great experiences for different reasons. Well, and I think, you know, doing, I've done mission work as well, and it's just a, a different type of, of enrichment I found. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, no matter what type of traveling you do, you know, whatever gets you excited, it's just the ability, I think, to see people through a different lens than maybe they're portrayed on TV or, you know, mm-hmm. that we read about, or even just to get yourself out from the the place and the situation that you're in in everyday life right yeah right. absolutely it, it, exactly mm-hmm. yeah that's that's I, I, and I love learning and 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 talking to you know different types of people who have had um you know very different experiences than I I have had certainly growing up here um in in the states so uh yes yeah, so now I, I, lo- I love to travel though I mean that's that's one of the things I think you can um it, I would say if there's one thing I never regret spending my money on it is travel you will regret you know certain purchases like you know <laughs> clothes and um things like that but travel especially you know if you're cognizant of what you're spending um those are experiences that I, I do think are, are priceless. I could not agree with you more. Um, somebody asked me what my guiltiest pleasure was. And I said, by far, it's travel. I know that I have probably <laughs> overspent on at least a few trips in my lifetime. But I have absolutely I would not take that money back like for the world that just you know, um, for me, there's just something about it that changes me each time, even though I have to mm-hmm. deal with the airport and you know, all of the, all of this crap you've got to deal with. It's still, um, for me, it's what makes me excited. Okay. I'd love to do, uh, to kind of round up the end of the podcast, I'd love to do a little lightning round of questions with you. Okay. <laughs> so the first one is, um, so at the movies, are you a popcorn or candy girl? I'm candy hot tamales. Ooh, I've not heard that one yet. That's awesome. <laughs> and, that's, and that's my guilty pleasure. I only eat them at the movies. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Um, what is your, if you had to pick one, what would be your best childhood memory? My best childhood memory is probably um, 
just my imagination. I, I would create um, everything from a, a library in my playroom to a beauty shop to a classroom. So just <laughs> just the fact of I always played well on my own, and I would imagine myself um, running, I would say, all of these different types of businesses. <laughs> hey, you know, we might be soul sisters. I, I love yeah. that. <laughs> that would be mine, too. Um, okay, what is one piece of career advice that you wish everybody knew about? Always be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, don't don't be afraid to to step up, to try something, to say yes when you want to say no, um, and because you're scared of it. Um, so just just always be. It's it's the only way that you truly will move forward in, in advance is if you are put in situations um, where you're uncomfortable. And obviously, I mean uncomfortable from more of a challenging situation as opposed to other types of being ways of being uncomfortable in the workplace. Yes, uncomfortable. <laughs> Yes, definitely. A very important yes, distinction yes, there. Yeah, yeah, that, that, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. So last question. Um, if you had to pick one chapter in the book that you think would be most critical for someone to read, what would that be? It would probably be the chapter on um, breaking out of the millennial brand, which is the first chapter of the book. Um, and that's because I think right now millennials tend to get a bad rap, especially in media. Um, and so it's even more important to make sure that you're building out a brand um, that shows that you are hardworking, you are self-aware, <laughs> all of those types of things. And so that's why it's the first chapter. And it's, it's an easy read to, to really transform how people perceive you. Fantastic. Well, Erica, this has been such a pleasure. I'd love for you to just tell everybody where they can find your book, uh, Millennials Playbook, and um, where they can find out more about you. Yes, yes. No, thank you. This has been really, really fun. I like the lightning round. <laughs> um, but my the, the book, The Millennials Playbook to Adulting, is available on Amazon. Um, and my name, I should say, is Erica with an A, Pierce. And so uh, that, that will lead you right to it. Um, you can also visit me on my website, which is ericapierce.com. Um, or please follow me on um, Instagram. The Millennials Playbook is, uh, is, is the name there. So thank you so much. Hannah. This is really fun. Nobody likes adulting, but hey, at least we get to do it together, right? And all learn from one another and have some fun while we're doing this thing called life. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. And if you love this podcast, do me a favor, share it with your friends, shout it out on social media, and head on over to that link in the show notes to leave us a review. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.